Welcome to the Dad's Off-Duty Podcast. We are your hosts, Seth Michaels and Jason Katie. He's still getting used to the whole somebody like introduces him bit. Well, normally you never stop talking, so I'm just assuming you're going to keep going and introduce me and I'm just going to listen the whole time. Because I got to tell you, I just read the description for our latest episode that just dropped. And reading that, you wouldn't even know that I was a part of that episode. My fans are going to revolt. Did you did you check out the, the name of the episode? Did you see what it was called? Yeah. Um, do I need to be calling you the King of Kings now? Are you that self-absorbed? I was having a moment when I was when I was running. I was down on myself. I said, "You know what would would make me feel better? Some some positive attitude." So, I put some positive attitude in it. That's one way to put it. I want to tell you something. I was doing some research and I found out that the average person is mean. Really? That's okay. that's the joke. Oh. <laughs> I thought there was a second part to it. That's a math joke, and it went over my head, man. That's that's sad. Oh, man. I got to wake my ass up. <laughs> well, I, I, I got something I want to tell you, and it's that did you know that the Detroit Lions actually do not have a website? It's because they cannot string three W's together. <laughs> that's funny, because... Uh, that's a really, really good one. Perfect segue into our episode tonight, seeing that it is Super Bowl week and you guys will be listening to this at least uh, as far as Super Bowl morning. We'll have this released, so a little bit different from our previously, how we previously have, has, God, I can't talk. We have previously scheduled it. Well, it's because we haven't had an episode in two weeks, so I think we're going to Make up for it by giving you two episodes in one week. So you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. But listen here, it's going to be football talk time. It's the man cave. We are off duty and you were about to say something and I just kept on talking. What did you want to say? I was just going to say, I'm so excited that we're going to be talking about football. And my first question right off the bat is, are you more of a Manchester United fan or Manchester City where do you fall there? I think Arsenal's going to have a great year. The Premier League is starting up soon. I've always been a Man City fan. I was a Man City fan before they were good. Like for, They were really bad for like five years there. And then all of a sudden they're like, we have money to spend. And then they went out and spent like all of their resources uh, getting crazy players. Yeah, I've been always a little bit more of a Man City fan. See, I didn't actually expect you to answer that that way because I had a whole joke queued up about, oh, I got to scratch my notes and I was going to rip a piece of paper and be like, I, I got to start all over. But you completely ruined that. Oh, sorry. But to be honest, as uh, if I were to follow a European soccer team, it's going to be uh, PSG in France. So they. They good. We oui, we oui. they've been good for a while. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't expecting that, were you? I'm multicultural. Well, fuck. Okay, so what are we going to be talking about for real, then? We're going to be talking about American football? American football. America. 
America. And because this is a dad's podcast, I did. Now, this isn't something that you have to worry about unless you're planning on having a, a boy in the future. Maybe your girls will play football. But the idea of our children playing football and all of the knowledge that we have about it and the repercussions that can happen for playing football, you know, like killing yourself. Jay, you know, uh, Seau, the, the famous linebacker out of San Diego. And, you know, the brain injury and all of that stuff. What's your opinion? Should we let kids play tackle football? And if we should, at what age should we let kids play tackle football? A really good question. That's a hard one to answer. I'm almost glad I don't have boys for that specific reason, especially if they were interested in football. That would be a really tough come to Jesus moment for me. Uh, that being said, I do think, and I don't answer this quickly and easily, but I do think kids should be able to play football. And I mean, from what I know, they you know they start really playing it as a team sport in junior high school. And I think that's about the right time. I just think the difference going forward now versus what we knew years ago was is, is that they need to start really making sure that the helmet-to-helmet hits are kept at a minimum and just being real cautious about anything to the head and immediately taking kids off the field if something doesn't look right or if they're not acting right. And I just think we just need to work harder on making sure that everybody is healthy. Yeah, health over competition um, is the way that I think about it, right? So always treat your players or the people that are playing as people and not as an object to win the game or whatever the situation is. A, a piece on the chessboard, if if you will. And so I played tackle football up through high school and somebody who's got hypermobile joints, it can kind of explain how I'm in the predicament I am now. And that's a little bit of what scares me with my kids now, because I have hypermobile joints. My both my boys have a 50 percent chance of inheriting that trait. So it's possible that they have it. Um now, that doesn't mean that like we're more predisposed to head injuries or anything like that, but you know, we dislocate joints easier and sprain ankles and knees and stuff easier. But if my boys ask me if they can play football, it will be yes, but it will be that I have to make sure that whatever team you're on is going to be coached properly. And I'm going to have a conversation with the coaches. And if I don't feel that it's safe, we're going to look elsewhere. It's going to be a, it's going to be kind of strict. Like I want to make sure that it, wherever they're playing, they're, they're playing the right way. Um, even if they're upset about that, like even if they have friends on the team or whatever, if I don't feel like the coach is treating it properly, it's going to be a no go for me. Uh, or I'll be the coach. Um, and I'll get trained properly because there are definitely ways to get trained and proper courses to, to take on it because the fundamentals are everything. And yeah, I, I couldn't imagine telling my kids no when playing football and team sports was such a huge part of my life for so long. I couldn't imagine telling my kids no, but it, it 
it's going to be kind of like a restricted process. Yeah. And going back to what you just said about, um, you know, coaches that may or may not be looking out for the best interests of their kids. I would hope, especially when you're talking about like the junior high level, middle school level, you know, which is usually where kids start playing football, that it's more, it's less about the competition at that age and that level. And it's just more about teaching them the fundamentals and having fun and just like the whole concept of getting along as a team, you know, teamwork. And I would hope that at that level, coaches aren't, you know, playing just to win, so to speak. And, you know, things like getting hit in the head and CTE concussions, and that's at the forefront of those coaches' minds. I, I, I would be shocked and saddened if, you know, they played at such a competitive level that they just, you know, look the other way with stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, when I was in middle school, they definitely did. So I'm but it's been a while, right, since since I've been in middle school, um, definitely longer for you. But an old joke that. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I, I did play in junior high. I played one year and I was a really small kid. I think I've mentioned this before. Growing up in my early teens, I was one of the smallest in my grade level. So um, it wasn't probably as fun for me as it would have been if I would have played in high school when I grew. Um, but I still had a lot of fun and I learned a lot in terms of teamwork and discipline. I mean, the, the football practices are no joke, even at the junior oh, yeah. high level. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, playing in the mud and the rain and storms and doing drills and slipping everywhere because the ground is just not at all dry. Um, I, I went, I came home and it was like, I need to put my feet up and <laughs> yeah, no joke, man. What position did you play? <laughs> so, you know, at that level, you can imagine probably for you too, we played both sides of the ball. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like you just played one position. So, uh, so as I said, I was a small kid. So get this, of course, on defense safety, that makes mm-hmm. sense. I was fast and small, but on offense, I played tight end, which looking back <laughs> made no sense certainly wasn't a blocking tight end that's funny i uh you so when i played i played defensive end and uh split wide or tight end there wasn't too much um sometimes i played fullback if if they wanted somebody to hurt a middle linebacker or something i didn't weigh much but i'd run over kids just I'd target somebody in the second level. <laughs> Mike Rudy, Rudy, even, even if, uh, even if like they were bigger than me, if they upset one of my teammates, they would literally hand me the ball and say, just, just hit him. Great. <laughs> <laughs> On offense. I was, I was that guy, but I, I grew. So when I was in middle school, when I was in seventh grade, I was five foot 10, 105 pounds. So I was super tall and skinny, but I was taller than everybody. I was just catching passes over the middle. Like you wouldn't believe little five foot, nothing linebackers. <laughs> as long as the wind didn't blow you over, you're good. Yeah. Fast as hell. Um, and then eighth grade, I between seventh and eighth grade, I put on basically 40 pounds of, like muscle. I was in the gym just 
eating food just constantly. I just failed out just 40 pounds uh, in the course of three, four months. It was insane. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yeah, between seventh and eighth grade, I, and then I, uh, I played one game as an offensive guard at 140 pounds. That was n- no fun. Yeah, you get run over even at that age group, dude. 140 pounds. Yeah, dude. I was. They had this note. I played because we were out. Like there's nobody else was available that was willing to play it. I'm like, fine, I'll play it. And of course, we had to go against some other middle school team that had a nose tackle that weighed like almost 300 pounds. I'm just trying to chop block him every single play. That's your only move, man. <laughs> like taking him out at the knees. Go low. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a choice. But yeah, I defensive end, tight end, um, wide receiver, th- those those positions. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Now that we've we're done reliving our glory days, I want to talk to you about this game coming up, the Super Bowl. Actually, wait, before we get to the Super Bowl, I want to hear your opinion on how the Detroit Lions did this year first. (laughs) Uh, Well, you can probably use this reply that I'm going to give you and put it on repeat for any year um, in the last 20 years or 20 years in the future, most likely. The Detroit Lions, um, I don't even have their record in front of me. I did a about a page of notes on the lions which is very depressing in many ways but um they had a losing record i don't think that's uh shocking I, it looks like you're looking up something on the internet so you can chime in when you find their record i'm curious five and I, think 11. Need, I was gonna say four or five wins yeah five and eleven you know from the start of the season here in michigan everybody was just fed up with matt patricia who is our head coach and our was. gm was our head coach yeah spoiler um and our, and our general manager and just, just the just the management in general it's just it's been terrible for years i don't think that's a surprise to anybody that follows football but you know we got a little bit of relief there towards the middle towards the end of the season when uh, patricia and our general manager were let go and so it was kind of like a changing of the guard and it was just like okay finally let's just wipe the slate clean and start over and then you know, at the towards the end of the season, this talks about Matthew Stafford, our quarterback, was starting to become noteworthy because he was going to get paid uh, about ten million dollars if we kept him past February, because at that point he gets some sort of bonus because he was with the team for X amount of years or, or something. There's something in his contract that basically said if you're a lion after this day in February, you are going to get a ten million dollar bonus. So the team really needed to look hard and think about whether or not they're going to keep him or just completely swipe the slate clean. We've got a new management and just start over, hit the reset button. And thankfully they did that. It's relatively new news, but Stafford uh, has been a lion since 2000 and I don't know, 2009, I think. So uh, 11 years, 10, 12 years, something like that. Um, He's no longer with the team. He got traded to the LA Rams and for Stafford, we got a first round pick in 2022's draft, 23 draft, and then a third round pick in the 2021 draft. And then in addition, we also got Jared Goff, who is their quarterback. So we kind of did a quarterback swap. I think, and I'm not going to speak for every Lions fan, but I think 
most Lions fans are happy. Um, I'm especially happy that we got a couple of first round picks for him. That's what I was hoping for. I say what you want, but I think he was worth a couple first round picks. Yeah. His record doesn't show it, but his stats do. He is a good quarterback and he just needs to play for a team that can get him Super Bowl. And maybe the LA Rams will get him because I honestly think the Rams were maybe a quarterback away from getting, getting towards the Super Bowl. Man, I am going to be honest. I am really excited to see Matt Stafford play for the Rams. He is going to torch some defenses under Sean McVay. Torch. And he's got a, a really good defense yeah. uh, playing with him he's as well. He's never which... had a good defense. Not no, <laughs> not, no, not really. Um, so, so yeah, um, we've got new the new head coach, Dan Campbell, which if you have heard his first press conference in the news... It was quite entertaining. Um, at one point, I think, and I quote, he said, we are going to bite a kneecap off of our opponents. I think at that point, I, sh- I shut the, the press conference off. I had enough. Um, <laughs> it's at least going to be not Matt Patricia. So I'm excited just for somebody different. He seems much more disciplined. So um, just to give a little bit of background on the Detroit Lions, and I'll try to make this quick because it's really depressing. Um. The Detroit Lions started out at, actually in the city of Portsmouth, Ohio, as the Portsmouth Spartans um, back in 1930. And financial problems caused them to relocate to Detroit in 1934, and they renamed themselves the Lions because at the time, well, there was also the Detroit Tigers football team, so they thought it'd be cute to have the Lions and the Tigers. Oh, my. Since 1934, the Lions have won four division titles, the last being in 1993. uh, 1993 was the last time they won the division. And they've had three NFL championships between the years of 1952 and 1957. Notice I did not say they had a Super Bowl because their last championship predates the Super Bowl by a couple years. So they have not won a Super Bowl. They're the only team in the NFC to never win a Super Bowl, which is just depressing. And they're the, also the oldest team to never even appear in the Super Bowl. We've had one playoff win in the Super Bowl era, and that was in 1992. We've never gone beyond the NFC championship game. In 2008, we set a record for being the first team to go 0-16 in a season. The Browns did it the year after. Um, Tampa Bay did it in 1976, but they were 0 14. So, yeah, we're the only, we're the first ones to go 0 16. That was a really depressing season. Um, but at least out of that, we got Matthew Stafford. Just a couple of quick more things. One highlight, and it always tickles me, is that we have since 1934 always played on Thanksgiving Day. The way, it, the reason it tickles me is because whole nation has to eat turkey and watch our pathetic team play. Because there's no other option. Um, we have a losing record on Thanksgiving. I don't think that surprises <laughs> anybody. 37, 41, and 2. Um, and up until just recently, at least we could always say, well, we're at least not the Browns. But now the Browns are actually pretty decent and they made it to the AFC championship game this year. So um, we we aren't we aren't the Browns even. We are just in a league all our own. It's very sad and pathetic. Yes. If you were to take one tagline out of everything that you just said about the Lions, 
the one thing that rings true always is sad and pathetic. Across the NFC North, we have Seth Michaels and his Green Bay Packers, who, whose tale is a little different. Yeah, you know, we haven't had a bad quarterback in about the same time that the Detroit Lions <laughs> won a division title. Might, they may be very much related, <laughs> those two facts. Yeah. So... Yeah, Packers really haven't had a bad quarterback since 1993 when they brought in Brett Favre. And Aaron Rodgers had a spectacular year. And he would have had a better year, and Packers would have, I think, had a chance at moving on to the Super Bowl if they had spent a first-round pick on a wide receiver instead of a backup quarterback in a year when they were contending for the championship. I yeah, that pick of Jordan Love just completely blew my mind last year. Um, and Aaron Rodgers was so mum on it, you could just tell it was just eating at him. Oh, dude, and Aaron Rodgers had such a good year. And imagine the year he would have had if he had just maybe an extra competent wide receiver on the outside other than divide. He would. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. And they really needed that extra person against Tampa Bay, somebody else to, other than Devontae Adams, because they took away Devontae Adams at the in the fourth quarter there, and then the Packers could not move the ball. And it bit them in the ass really bad. The Packers did a really good job with what they had, but Aaron Rodgers needs some help. And they definitely did not give it to him with their first overall pick. Uh, their first round pick this last year. So it, kind, kind of frustrating in that, but I can't be too upset because at least we're not the Lions. We have won Super Bowls, several of them. You could have just ended that sentence by saying we have won. <laughs> we've been to we, we've been to the NFC championship game uh, like five times in the last 12 years or so. So that's pretty good. I'm happy with how, what the Packers have done, not too happy with how the Packers have drafted recently. And that's really my main passion in football is watching college tape and evaluating players and stuff like that. So if you're a listener of the podcast and you want any takes on any of the guys coming up to the NFL and who you think, who I think your team should draft, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to, to give you the breakdown and why or why not they would be a good fit in um, at your team. Yeah, Packers are doing good. They lost in the NFC Championship game to Tom Brady and the Bucks, And now we have another Super Bowl with Tom Brady in it and another Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes in it, who might just be in every Super Bowl for the next 15 years. Um, he is that good. So what, what, what's your take on the Super Bowl? I'm excited. Um, I like both these teams for different reasons. Um, I'm, I'm happy to see the Brady versus Mahomes matchup. I think they are two of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, you could put Aaron Rodgers in there. They'd, they'd be in the top three, in my opinion. I'm just, I'm excited to see him sling it out. Those two go uh, nose to nose. And I'm curious to see how Tom Brady fares against that, uh, Kansas city defense, because I think that's going to be quite a matchup. 
Uh, Tom Brady has a, a lot of experience. That's obvious, especially in Super Bowls. So he he shines in the Super Bowl usually, unless he's playing against the Giants. Um, but but you know, Mahomes, he, they did it last year. I mean, their team is even better this year if that's somehow possible. Yeah. The one thing I want to say about Mahomes and the Kansas City team is there is not a point in any game you're playing Kansas City and you're like, yeah, this lead is safe. Um, it doesn't matter what the score is with Kansas City. You are going to be afraid that they will catch up at some point. There could be five minutes left in the game. You could be up 21 points. And it it feels like Patrick Mahomes still has a chance. I've never watched a game with him and been like, yeah, they're out of the game. Because at any point, he can just, it's touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It's insane. They were down, what, two touchdowns last year to the Texans, and then they scored like 41 points in 18 minutes or something like that. Some ludicrous stat. And then, you know, uh, at the AFC Championship game, of course, Mahomes went out, and I was like, wow, this this is the Bills' time to shine. They are never going to get a bigger shot here, an easier shot than right now. Uh, I don't even remember who 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 came in. Oh, uh, Brad Henny, because he's a Michigan Wolverines yeah. player. Oh, okay. Shots fired. Um, so yeah, Chad <laughs> Henney came in and just managed to eke out that victory and hold off uh, you know, the loss. But I, I honestly for a minute there, I thought the Bills were gonna take it and they were going to the Super Bowl and it was gonna be heartbreaking for the Kansas City fans. But dude, I'll say this that was one hell of a ballsy call by Andy Reid throwing the ball on fourth down with your backup quarterback to yeah. win the game. That was ballsy as hell. I loved it. I, that is my kind of coaching, man. But damn, that was ballsy. He's got some stones. We're watching the Super Bowl. There's a very important element that goes into watching the Super Bowl, and that's how you watch the Super Bowl. What do you have with you? Do you have... Uh, what's your drink? What's your food? And most importantly, what's your cocktail of choice? And I think that leads us directly into cocktail o'clock. Hit the music. All right. Uh, this week on cocktail o'clock, I've got a drink by the name of the Tiki Touchdown. So, Dope. as you may expect, it is a tiki drink in a tiki glass. Check out Instagram to see the cool glass. Damn you fancy. You know, in addition to this being a football-inspired drink, I guess, it's, you know, it's the middle of February, in the middle of the winter. It's freezing-ass cold here in the Midwest. All I see is snow everywhere I look. And it's just like I, I'm in a tiki state of mind, man. Drinking this, I'm I'm imagining I'm on a beach right now. This is beautiful. I love it. Now you're gonna ask, what's in this j- drink, Jason? I'm gonna tell you before I tell you. Hey, Jason. Oh, what's in that drink? Great question, Seth. I'm gonna tell you in a second. Now, normally I would take you down a rabbit hole of the history of the drink and just give you a bunch of facts, but. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a tiki drink later on in the summertime, and I want to take that have that conversation then. So instead, 
I want to take you a little down a little rabbit hole real quick about touchdown. The word touchdown, where the touchdown originated from. The word touchdown was first, uh, I guess, invented in 1876. Uh, 1876, the Intercollegiate Football Association coined that term following the rugby season. Because originally, you know, rugby was the only sport of choice at the time in the late 1800s. And in rugby, you know, when you would take the ball and literally touch it down on the other side of the goal, they called that the touchdown. Um, a rugby player had to actually cross the goal line and touch it down on the ground where it lay motionless. And that's what um, got them the quote unquote touchdown. Now, a touchdown really wasn't worth any points. It was only a means to then allow the team that's touched the ball down to get a opportunity to place kick the ball because kicking the ball was actually when you got points back in the day. Hence the name football. It used to make a lot more sense back then, people. So, um, you know, you either had the choice of place kicking the ball to get a goal or you could punt it out from the goal line. Those were your two options once you touched the ball down. Again, touchdown. Now, later on in 1883, they actually were starting to give more opportunities for getting points. And then they said that the touchdown was worth four points and then the goal kick after was worth two points. In 1889, a couple years later, the touchdown was now um, defined as crossing the ball, crossing the line with the ball in your hands. So kind of like as we know it now, the touchdown, once you cross the goal line, you get a touchdown. They counted that as well at that point. Uh, about 10 years later than that, they determined a touchdown was now worth five points, and then the goal after was worth one point. So that's where the term extra point was coined it was coined because it was only worth an extra point in 1912 they upped it again so the touchdown was worth six points and at that point the end zone was added so that's you know interesting so far we've only been talking about the goal line prior to 1912 you could not actually like catch the ball past the goal line that would be basically a touchback so you had to have the ball in your hands and cross the goal line prior to get a touchdown 1912, that all changed, and then we had the end zone, which we kind of know it as today. The first NFL touchdown, again, remember the NFL was formed in 1920, so the first NFL touchdown was by a guy named Lou Partlow. And the reason I bring it up is Lou Partlow played on a team that I want a jersey for. It was called the Dayton Triangles. I want a Dayton Triangles jersey or a hat. I imagine it's just like an isosceles triangle. Some clever ass people in 1920. <laughs> I guess they didn't discover animals at that point because it seems like every team is named after an animal nowadays or a fudge packer. But um, anyway, <laughs> Diki touchdown. My drink is four ounces of pineapple juice, one and a half ounces of dark rum, half ounce lime juice. Freshly squeezed, please, Seth. Half ounce triple sec, half ounce creme de coconut. It's a tiki drink. Shake it all up in ice, strain it out into a tiki glass filled with ice, throw in a straw, and enjoy. That sounds delicious. And I've mentioned before, I'm a rum guy, so that sounds amazing. You would like this. I drank a lot of these type of tiki drinks in the summertime sitting on my back porch. 
the sun beaming on my glistening body. Yeah, this takes me to the middle of summer. This is this is good stuff, man. Good. Yeah, that makes me think. I wish I lived in a place that was warm weather around the Super Bowl so I could do like an outdoor Super Bowl party. That sounds awesome, but there's no way that's happening when it's negative five degrees outside. No, you don't do that in Green Bay. I thought you guys were hard. If I'm wearing my swimming shorts in, you know, in winter, it is what it is. But if 10 people are doing it, then it gets weird. How would you rate your drink? Jason? Oh, yeah, I would rate it very good. Um, <laughs> it's you, you have to like pineapple juice because it's it's there's a quite a bit of pineapple juice. If you if you listen to my ratios, that being said, the rum, ooh, it's good. It's this will get you drunk. It sneaks up on you. It's really good. It's it's sweet, but not too sweet because there's lime juice in there. I'm going to give this uh, four and a quarter out of five. Four and a quarter. That's pretty good. If I wasn't married, I would enjoy watching football with two women. Oh, huh? Oh, two women. So this was going to be my final November New Glarus drink. I never got to share with you guys, so I'm going to share it with you now. New Glarus Two Women is my drink of choice for the Super Bowl week. I've always enjoyed this. It's just kind of an easy drinking lager, so it's a little bit lighter than some of the other ones I've had recently, like the the Porter, which was heavier, kind of had to chew it, you know, not great. It was also chocolate. Don't recommend. But this is two women. I've had this one before, so it's not something that I'm trying that's new, but I am still going to rate it for you guys, one that I've always enjoyed by one of my favorite brewing companies in Wisconsin. So I'm going to drink it now to pretend like I'm trying it for the first time. Oh, this looks tasty. Mm, I wonder what this is like. Let me give it a sip. So he's had two women before is what he said. So I wonder if his wife knows that. I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. That's delicious. Washes the taste of that chocolate porter right out of my mouth. If you still have that taste of chocolate porter in your mouth after two weeks. Good God, man. It was not good. So I am going to rate two women a five out. I mean, sorry, the two women. I was rating two women five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> two women in a bed. <laughs> five uh, Me in the corner. Oh, uh, I, I drink this in a bed. I'm not going to lie. That sounds kind of nice. It's like a six pack next to you reading a book or something. I'm lame. I was going to say, I feel so weird about drinking in my bed. Like there's times where like. My wife and I are tired, but we also really want to just have a drink. It's like, she'll like bring a glass of wine into the bedroom. And it's like, I, I just, I can't do it, man. I just, I have to separate the two. I'll just go sit out in the family room and just drink my whiskey in darkness playing my switch. But I, I just can't do it. You can't drink where you masturbate or what? No, no, no. The, the Nintendo switch. I'm playing with the video game console. Oh, I'm playing with my controller. It. In, in all honesty, the two women New Glarus lager, I would rate a four out of five. So all not, right. not not the best beer that is out there or or to drink, in my opinion, but one that is definitely worth checking out if you're in Wisconsin and drinking and you're feeling lonely. You can always just tell people that you had two women the night before and it's not a lie. 
If you're listening to this on Super Bowl Sunday morning, let us know if you have a tiki touchdown on Super Bowl night or if you have two women on Sunday night. We'd like to know. And send pictures of you with two women. That's fine. <laughs> That's welcome. What else do you have with uh when you're watching the super bowl you generally have a good spread of food damn right yeah damn what's your super bowl spread like what's your like if you had to you could pick what you got well i i picked five things and i i I listed them from yeah favorite to fifth favorite um i have to start though with a kale salad i just think it's really refreshing um I thought I could do it longer. No. <laughs> you should see Seth's face right now. It's fantastic. Now get that shit out of my face. No. No kale salad. Um, in fact, I'm looking at my list. Yes, there are no vegetables on my list. The first thing um, I really enjoy at a Super Bowl party, and my mom used to always make these, and I begged my wife to make them too, is it's, well, it's called shit on a shingle, which... I'm assuming you're not familiar with that. No. Okay. Shit on a I mean, shingle is shit on a shingle before, but I've never, I've never. You just scrape it, it off onto a plate, and yeah. What it is is it's ground sausage and Velveeta cheese mixed up. So you cook the sausage separately. You mix it with the Velveeta cheese, and it's, uh, so it's kind of like a, um. Well, it looks like shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is you put that on a pumpernickel bread, like mini breads, and then you put it in the oven and you broil it so it gets nice and crispy yeah, and gooey and amazing. And it's like a little cracker, basically, with sausage and cheese on it. Pop it in your mouth. It's fantastic. Shit on a shingle. I, I think there's a probably a more proper term, but it's shit on a shingle. Yeah, nice. So is that your number five? That's my number five. All right. My number five is, you know, we got to start somewhere. And if you're starting somewhere in Wisconsin, you are going to start with cheese and meat. So my one of my favorite things is a gigantic ass platter just filled with different kinds of cheese and different kinds of meats. It's fantastic. Um, Some Ritz crackers on the side if you want to make a little meat and cheese sandwich out of Ritz crackers. And you got yourself a uh, you got yourself a good starting point. Where do you where do you fall on the uh, where do you fall on the uh, chicken and biscuit cracker? Oh, God, I love chicken. Oh, my God. Those things are amazing. They are so addicting. I cannot just like. You know how the thing is like if you eat a Pringle, like you, you're not going to stop. Uh, it would literally be impossible for me to eat just one of those things. I hear you. Yeah, they're addicted. I don't know what. I think if they sprinkle crack oh on God. it, I think that's what it is. It has to be. But. They choose not to get those because otherwise I will eat an entire box in two days. Easy. Yeah. So good one. Yes. A charcuterie board is what the fancy people call what you just said. So. Um, yes, I agree. That's a great one. Um, also a great football food, chicken wings. You gotta, you gotta have chicken wings at a football tailgate, watching football, Super Bowl party, whatever. Um, and you gotta go spicy, man. You gotta get spicy sauce on those wings. 
throw them on the grill. I mean, I, I love smoked wings. I've been smoking my wings in my smoker lately. And then you kiss them on the grill to give them a little crisp there at the end. And then you toss them in some hot sauce and I'll tell you what, man, nothing better. I love wings. I don't like people eating wings at my house, especially saucy wings. Um, I don't trust drunk people and saucy wings. I can see that. That's a personal, that's a personal rule of mine, you know. Just try not to get super saucy things for drunk people because the sauce ends up on things that like your dog that you don't want it on. I got a little bit of a hack for that. I would say put them out right at the beginning of the party and only put out so many so that once they're gone, they're gone. And it's before people start getting drunk. Yeah. Problem solved. And you have to supply wet naps. You know, you got to supply wipes for people. Yeah. Yeah, or just paper towel because those wet naps. I yeah. mean, they're what an inch by an inch. Like, no, 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 what is no, no, that no, no. Get, I'm talking like my one fingernail. I'm talking about like diaper wipes, man. Like the those things are amazing. Like, oh yeah, we use. We don't even dude, have a kid yeah. in diapers. We haven't for years, and we still have baby wipes right in the middle of our dining room table. They're so useful. They're versatile. <laughs> yeah, they are. I love wings, but I left them off my list. For that one reason. Okay. Fair. On, it, it was an honorable mention. I have fried chicken as an honorable mention uh, on my list. Okay. All right. Number four for me is pizza. My like the main food for me at a at a Super Bowl party is like a what are yeah, they meat like lovers. pizzas or whatever? Yeah, meat lovers pizza. That's that's what I was thinking. Um pan style meat lovers pizza so kind of a thicker crust and just as many meats as you can pile on that bad boy that's my that's my number four but that's my entree of choice for watching football or the super bowl is pizza i'm with you and i'm gonna keep the train rolling because my number three is actually pizza and if you haven't had detroit style pizza or if you're not familiar with what that is it's actually really famous now. It's getting uh, more and more well-known around the country, not just in Michigan and the Midwest. But it's essentially square pizza. The dough is very thick but um, airy in the middle, so it's like really crispy. It's not like super heavy or dense. It's not, you know, we're not talking deep dish pizza here. Um, but Detroit-style pizza is really good. Some ones around here, like Buddies and Jets, if you're familiar oh, with any Jets. of those yeah, franchises. Yeah, Okay, so they're square, basically. That is the Detroit style, and that's fantastic. I mean, like you, I love Meat Lover's Pizza. I'm also kind of weird that I love Hawaiian pizza, ham, and uh, pineapple. Yep, you're shaking your head. That's fine. Um, I could do ham and pineapple. Just don't what? Don't fruit the pizza. That's fine. My one buddy, Dom, he, he says he doesn't like warm citrus. And I can understand that. That makes sense uh, yeah, when you, when you put it that true. way. I, yeah, maybe maybe that's it. I also don't like citrus and savory mixed together very much. Like it just like umami and citrus to me is not a it's not good flavor combination. Yeah, okay, it's like brushing your teeth and drinking orange juice. Mm. It's okay. like not not the their equivalent tastes but to me like it's 
they're so different. At, I just I can't do it. Oh, I suppose it's my turn because that was your number three. Okay, my number three, if you know me, would come as no surprise to anybody. Oh, actually, no, sorry, that's my number two. Sorry. Number three is another kind of side dish, but I think are absolutely fantastic for a party. They are like cheeseburger sliders. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the yeah, yeah, like the little cheeseburgers or even like chicken sandwich sliders. Um, I think they make great party food, just something quick that people can just grab and eat. Um, Pretty easy to keep warm cheeseburger sliders. And then you can have the accoutrement next to it. And so people can add their fixings if they want to. For those people that like relish and mustards and all that horrible. Well, see, now you're talking about all these condiments and you're kind of speaking on both sides of your mouth because wouldn't that just get really messy all over the place? No, 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 no. Because people are much better with putting a condiment on, you know, a slider and covering it with a, a bun to eat, you know. There's something over the top of the juices that can get everywhere that's soaking it up, the bun. Not if, not if they're drunk. Just saying. It's fine. It's much better than open chicken sauce fingers everywhere. Why are you gonna hate chicken? Why are you gonna hate chicken wings? I, I love chicken wings. I love chicken wings. I do. All I'm right. gonna get somebody real mad. They're gonna email me and like, I'm not never listening to the show again. You hate chicken wings. My number, my number two here is a snack that I eat all the time. It's probably my favorite snack: chips and salsa, man. And when you talk about salsa, you got you can't do the fruit salsa like these these pineapple salsas or these mango salsas. No, I need I, I'm I prefer chunky salsa, but if you got smooth, I'll take that too. Um, spicy, please throw. It's got to have some sort of hot pepper in there. It's got to give a little bit of a kick. And like lately, I've been really loving for the chips these uh, Tostitos with a hint of lime. You on board with these? Yeah, oh, man. I'm down. They got this dust on it, this lime dust. Yeah. It's like crack. Have you ever so had good. the, is it called like blue corn or tortilla chips? They look almost black. Yes, yes. I like, I'm on board with I that. Like, I like I like those, man. Those are awesome. I'm with you, though. For my salsa, gotta be a little bit chunky. The other thing, I like a black bean and corn salsa with like a spicy black bean and corn salsa. Yeah. Dope. I'd go for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Chips and salsa, man. Yeah. Or chips and a spicy queso. Love a spicy queso. Everything's cheese here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, my number two is, this is the thing that I was going to say that if you, if you know me, you're not surprised that this is going to be on my list and that's going to be candy. At a f- what, dude? If I'm watching something stressful like the Super Bowl, especially if the Packers are in it or something, there something's exciting. I just want something I can just throw in my mouth. Pay attention to the game, candy. I give me like Starburst or something. I'll unwrap that shit, eat it. Jelly beans are amazing because you could just like have them in the bowl and just oh. Yeah. Just, on the topic of jelly beans, we I just got um a big ass bag for um my family and it's the it's jelly bellies, right? Is that the one? What's the real popular one? 
It's got like 45 different flavors in the bag. Whatever it is. And half of them are terrible. Yeah. Yes. And I just have a habit because this is how I snack is I just grab a fistful of something and I just toss my mouth and chew them all. But like you can't do that with the jelly beans. I did that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what am I doing? I caught myself because it was like a bite of it's cookies so and tough. cream and lime <laughs> and black licorice and tomato. And I was like, what? And buttered popcorn. Oh, yeah. Whose who idea was it to make a buttered popcorn jelly bean? You should. Oh, it's you should be shot. Die. Just die. Jelly beans, though, like Starburst jelly beans, great. Like a huge bag of Starburst <laughs> jelly beans. God damn, that's so good. I'm gonna, I want a bag of Starburst jelly beans now. But yeah, even other candies, maybe some chocolate for people who like that shit. But I was gonna say, um, not in your beer. Okay, you don't like chocolate, right? Yeah, I don't like chocolate. I don't even like snacking on chocolate things. Um, Very controversial. I, I disagree with it wholeheartedly. But anyway. I won't be coming to your Super Bowl party anyway, so fuck you. Number one on my list is the essential Super Bowl food, football food. It's chili. Oh, chili is my number one football food. Um, I love going to a Super Bowl party and somebody makes a big pot of homemade chili. At work, we always have chili cook-offs. Not this year, but in most years. Um, a lot of places around this time of year will have chili cook-offs. Um, I love chili again, gotta be spicy. Actually, I'm looking at my five things on my list. Everything on here, you can make a pitch that I like it spicy. Um, but yeah, spicy chili. Um, I just am thawing out some brisket that I recently made. I'm going to throw my brisket in some chili. I'm going to make some chili this weekend. I love chili. It's the way to my heart. Perfect food for the middle of winter. Damn, that's a good, you know what, I didn't think of chili, but damn, that's a good idea. I love a good chili. And I think, I didn't think of it because I've had so many bad chilies. People are like, oh yeah, my chili recipe is great and you taste it. And there is no flavor to this. What have you done? How, how have you ruined this, this meat sauce that I enjoy so much? Yeah, it's essentially a can of tomato sauce and uh, ground beef and maybe some beans. <laughs> Here you go. Gross. Um, yeah, I, I've had so many bad chilies that I, I think I would have to make it myself to know that I would fully enjoy it. I can get behind chili. My number one football food is nachos. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, yeah. I guess that kind of piggybacks off of chips and cheese and chips and salsa. But yeah, nachos is yeah. an amazing uh, answer. Not just any nachos. For me, it has to be carnitas nachos or like pork nachos because yeah, those are gotta get gotta get some some pork that was done in the slow cooker that's just like super just super tender. You, I was gonna say, do you like the barbecue sauce, like the barbecue nachos? Is that basically what you're talking about? I well, I like you know your traditional queso sauce or whatever. Um, yeah. and then I'll put barbecue sauce on it, but I won't do that mm. to everybody else because not everybody else likes it, but still got to have, you know, like the black olives and stuff like that. Some, um, no. dude, a little bit, of I, I chop up the jalapenos pretty fine. You, you kind of put that on there so you don't, cause I'm not a huge fan of like a big chunk of jalapeno. No, I think they're, 
But you get you get the flavor of jalapeno. Yeah, you just little little chunks or whatever, and not much, just enough to get the flavor. End game. So good. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. That's a perfectly not a messy food at all. Nachos. So yeah, good call. It's different, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's different. I'm just fucking with you, kind of. I know. No, you're you're being serious. Nachos. Good, good one. Good way to Bring it home, sir. Okay, so to, to really bring this home, I want you to bring home the bacon for me and tell me who's going to win and what the score going to be of the Super Bowl. See, you're throwing this at me right now, and I, I was not prepared. Um, I'm scribbling some notes here. I, I'm really I'm really taking the start. Why don't you start, and, I, and then I'll, I'll come in at the end. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I think that even though both defenses are pretty good defenses, I think the competitiveness of the quarterbacks are going to really shine in the upcoming Super Bowl. And I think it's going to be, not only is it going to be close, but it's also going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be kind of a back and forth game. And... As much as I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan, I really don't want Tom Brady to win another Super Bowl. My, <laughs> my, and I think, I think the Chiefs are better. I think Patrick Mahomes is better at this point in his career. And in close games, I always go with the better quarterback. And to me right now, the better quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to go 35-31 Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I echo a lot of the things you already just said, but um, I will say I think it's also going to be a high-scoring game. I also think it's going to be close. The difference is that I think you can't exclude the factor of Tom Brady being in a Super Bowl. He just plays at a different level in this game. I you can't overlook it, and I just think he's got some sort of X factor that you just can't define. But in the Super Bowl, I just I can never bet against him. Again, he's not playing the Giants, so I think I'm safe. I think he's the Tampa Bay is going to win 42 to 37. Oh, damn, that's a real high scoring game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, can I get think that. And, and again, I I do think that both teams have a great defense, but you know, it's. It's I I don't know what the weather reports is in Tampa Bay for Sunday, but, you know, it's going to be a warm day. And I just think it's going to. It's going to allow the ball to be thrown in the air and points will be scored. Yeah, I think it'll be good. So you are taking Tampa Bay and I am taking Kansas City. Um, do you want to put a, a, a bet on it or something? How about the loser has to shave their beard? Oh, <laughs> all right. Oh, I'm totally in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to exercise right. before then because I'm hiding my weak chin right now with my beard. So <laughs> I you're going to say your double chin. That's it. So I got Kansas City to win. So if. Kansas City wins, Jason has to shave his beard, and vice versa. If Tampa Bay wins, I will shave my beard, and we'll share it on social media. 
it'll be it'll be a good time. I'm I'm really excited to see Jason clean shaven and um I have not been clean shaven. I'm trying to think of the last time I was clean shaven. I think the year was 2008 or <laughs> 9. It hasn't been obvious. It hasn't been that long for me, but it's it's definitely been a while. Definitely been a while. Yeah, my my wife is going to be really pissed if uh <laughs> Tampa Bay loses. I don't even know why I made this bet, but hey, Tom Brady's going to take me to the promised land, damn it. All right, your first folks. This has been the Dance Off Duty podcast. My name is Seth Michaels, joined here by Jason Cady. And please follow us on social media. We are Dads Off Duty on Facebook, so like us there. Dads Off Duty Pod on Instagram. Seth Four Nerds, the number four nerds on Twitter. Email us at two dads off duty at gmail.com with all of your pictures of you with two women. Thank you, and please. And yeah, <laughs> if you're a dad, stay off duty. <laughs>